G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast back on a Tuesday evening, this time sitting down with JLo after a fortnight off the airwaves, still a little bit fluey, so apologies if that's coming through your headphones, but the boys are back, we're excited, grand final week, the AFL grand final is here, the Swans and the Cats, for the first time ever, which sounds surprising to say out loud, uh, are going to do battle. I think a lot of people are predicting a Geelong dub and those same people probably want Sydney to wing, but JLo and I will unpack everything to do with the Grandy. We do a little bit of a touch on the uh, prelims that unfolded as well last weekend at the Brownlow, of course. Congrats to Paddy Cripps on winning that. And then we talk a little bit about some basketballs about a month away from NBA season starting. So we're starting to etch closer, get excited, hoop heads. An NFL fantasy update's coming through as well. Uh, the Saquon, the chef team, is currently sitting one and one. So not all hope is lost, but I kind of got my ass handed to me this week uh, in my matchup. So a little bit of fantasy football, a little bit of basketball, a lot of bit of footy from an AFL standpoint, and then we close things out with another epic Mount Rushmore. So here we go. Let's get amongst today's episode. Feels like ages that we have sat down uh, since we've sat down and recorded another podcast. Uh, We're not here on hump day. We're uh, bucking the trend a little bit. Tuesday night. This sundown, Sunday. I was about to say Sunday sit down, but this sit down comes to you. Still a bit rusty. Here we go. How are you, JLo? I'm pretty fucking rusty too, mate. Uh, like I was just mentioning in the pre pre pod, uh, it's been very little sleep in last week and lots of wine and just yeah, not a lot of attention paid to to sport. So this will be interesting. Let's see how rusty we truly are. I I think I've done a a decent job of staying glued to uh, the news. You know that Jay Crowder is being aggressively shopped by uh, Phoenix? Only because of your Instagram. Yeah, well, that's that's probably all that Jay Crowder needs to be mentioned. Uh, There's not (laughs) a lot happening in basketball. Uh, There is shitloads of footy stuff on the agenda, but I want to start back in the NFL fantasy realm because we didn't get to uh, recap after week one, uh, and we've just... This morning concluded round two. Uh, the not good. Saquon, the chef boys are sitting at one and one. How's uh, Alshon or Jeffrey looking? Nah, it's just nah. not. It's just not come together. Eh? It has not come together so far. So uh, not ideal. Uh, there's a yeah. I, I don't know. To be honest, I don't have much for you. They're <laughs> gonna need me to steer the ship. <laughs> nah, like it's. I got. But uh, eviscerated this way. I got like doubled up this week. Who'd you like, play? Jai had 177. Like Ooh. he had Stefan Diggs and like a few other crew went 30 plus. So he went big and my my crew just didn't come together. Um, but honestly, I, I would say QB. QB is giving me the worries. Matt Stafford just very flat. And uh, I want the big QB points. So... There's a lot to be desired. To be I desired. quite regularly tell people, wait on a quarterback. You can be patient. You know, there's obviously quarterbacks out there that are going to be stars like Lamar Jackson. He's going to rush for a shitload. I think he had a 40-point burger uh, this week as well. You, there's plenty of quarterbacks out there. But 
I'm in exactly the same boat. I took Kirk Cousins and Russ Wilson, and both of them. Oh, did you at least use Russ Wilson? I, I did, and Russ Wilson scored eleven. Oh, was what did Kirk Cousins get? He was horrendous Eight. when I watched him. Yeah, he was bad. Yeah. Today. So you know, I've said to all these people out there, you could you can be patient. You don't have to have the star quarterbacks, but if you had the star quarterbacks, like I'm sure Jai did, you'd probably be sitting. Uh, Sitting in a pretty good spot. I had 170 hung on me this week as well. Uh, Russ did oh. not help the situation. Uh, but I was okay. just looking at, you know, the rankings for the players I've got. In my running back slots, I've got the second and the fifth best bloke so far. And wide okay. receiver, i got four and six. So, you know, the core of the team's there. I feel mm. okay. But, yeah, having 170 points dropped on me, I only scored like 110, I think, from memory. But the bloke yeah. I was playing had Tua and Jalen Waddle, who combined for about 80 points between them. So okay. not ideal. Okay. Um, who's yeah. your tight end? Kelsey. Oh, bastard. See, I I threw the dart at Kyle Pitts, thinking he was going to be like top four, top three tight end uh, for the Falcons. And at the moment, he's ranked 35th. <laughs> He scored a oh, whopping wow. 7.8 points in two weeks. Jeez. So I'm a little bit undecided. You know, my roster's okay. I'm still still happy with my team. Like I said, I'm one and one Had a ripper week one. I think the first five dudes in my lineup had 25-plus points in week one. So there is still hope. I've got Michael Pittman in my IR slot, so hopefully he comes back this week. But are you looking at making any uh, tweaks or roster moves rolling into the next week or not too sure yet uh well i have a waiver wire spot that i've only just realized like i couldn't fill it and then i realized i was just being stupid so <laughs> i put a put someone in that um can't remember who it was um interestingly i it feels like there's a lot of good tight ends around mm. i don't need one but a lot of good tight ends on the waivers no no idea yet <laughs> to be honest yeah, I, okay. i'm gonna look at that I'm going to look at that a little bit later. That's future um, Jalo's problem. Yeah, it's a tough life in the fantasy football realm. I miss Think, I miss uh, AFL already. Oh well, it's funny you say that because I've started to. Uh, I'm still piecing together the AFL fantasy team of the year that I'm going to drop right before Grand Final day. You know, the last footy okay. day of the year. So that'll be unveiled. Uh, yeah, actually, now that I'm having a look at a bit of the tight end market, you're right. There is a couple of dudes around. That position's weird, though. Unless you get a dude like Kelsey, you're kind of just banking on someone to get four catches, and hopefully one of them is a touchdown. So mm. Gerald Everett from the Chargers, he's one who I really like, who's in like 30% of teams at the moment that people could the target. The Vikings bloke looked good today. What's in his a name bad, again? Not a Irv Smith? Effort. Is it Irv Smith? Yeah, I think it's something like Smith. Yeah. Though. Something junior. Yeah, we'll have to uh, keep the Fantasy Faithful updated with our uh, week three performances. Do you know who you're playing? No, no idea. We'll get there. Have a look. I got Marcus. Take it as it comes. Should be right. Uh, Well, you got the Dynamite Dons bloke who, as we've uh, established previously, is always, I think he's in our basketball league as well, isn't he? (laughs) I don't know. He's just Shout out to him if he listens. I don't know who he is. The Sportsby fans are uh, very prominent in our uh, fantasy leagues. All right. Before we dive into the big slate of footy, because uh, there's plenty to get to on the agenda, 
Let's do a little bit of basketball stuff because we've okay. we were about mm, a month, yeah, five one weeks month from the season, one month starting, away right? exactly. Hell I think yeah. I saw a, a post this morning of the Nuggets saying it's one month. Fuck yeah, I cannot wait. Uh, let's see yeah, how Donnie Mitchell right. looks in wine and gold, eh? Uh, yeah. But there are a couple of other teams that we want to kind of talk through. We've done our divisional previews, and I reckon maybe next week we might even do one conference and then the second conference the following week of like the over-unders, projecting on who we think will, you know, outreach their win total or who's going to struggle. But there's a couple of teams that we're intrigued by that we want to talk about. Uh for different reasons, obviously. It might be a contender. It might be someone right near the bottom. But I'll let you go first cab off the rank. We've got three teams each. Who's the the first team that you're intrigued by as we near the start of the season? Um, I, I reckon we've touched on them a little bit already, but I'll start with the – could be the fan favorite choice. I'm excited to see how the Pels go. Mm-hmm. We've got McCollum. Yep. We're finally hope. Well, we don't know, but we're getting Zion back. They've got Brandon Ingram. They've got a really nice team. They sort of made all that noise against, was it the Suns in the first round? Like, honestly, felt like they should have actually won that series. Um, so you add a Zion back to that. You've got Valanciunas. You've got Jacko Hayes with another year in him. You've got Devontae Graham. They've got a really good deep roster. Yeah, they've backed Terrence deep, Jones. Mate. Is it Terrence Jones that I'm hearing? Herb Jones. Herb Jones, thank you. Um, and they've got little what's-his-name sneaking around. Jose, Jose Alvarado. They might have, like, the deepest team in the league like or mm. close to it. They're really bloody good. Um, and so I'm just excited. They've got this really interesting mix of length and athleticism and probably one thing they lack is shooting a little bit. But... Um, Shooting's not that sexy. So um, big dunks, fast breaks, got the the steady hand of CJ McCollum. I think these guys are going to do like amazing things this year and it's going to be a, a joy to watch in terms of sort of that those hustle plays. Yeah. Great to get down to. In fact, I'm probably going to go and watch a game. I'm going to New Orleans this year, next year, 100%. You can, you can lock that in. So I'll go watch them in person, watch some highlights, you know, have a friggin' hurricane while I'm enjoying Zion. And yeah, I think they're going to be, they're just going to be unreal. They're, they're definitely my team to watch. Definitely they will number be one a, on uh, league pass too. Yeah. I was just going to say, that will be a very popular league pass subscription as well. 10 games under 500. They finished last year. And you're right. When you look at their roster, they're not overflowing with like your traditional three point shooters, but, Ingram's taken heaps of strides since he came into the league as a a three-point shooter. Um, Was it Jose Alvarado who was the guy that went viral last year when um, they were like on, I'm pretty sure it was against D'Angelo Russell and he's like backpedaling and he's like, can this guy shoot? He's like, yeah, I could shoot. And then there's like a clip of him hitting a three like 10 seconds later. I think it was him. Um, CJ can shoot. You know, they got dudes who can, but you like you said, they do back fucking deep and I think It'll be mm. interesting to see whether they r- replicate some of the heroics that they showed in that playoffs and if they are going to be a top six lock or if they're going to be, you know, pushing for a top four spot or where they fall in that pretty clunky West mix. Uh, I'm excited to watch them as well. And if uh, you're going to New Orleans to watch them, I might just have to tag along to uh, Smoothie King Center. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah. 
That's what it so. was called. I think it's still called yeah. that. Uh, Probably if not. they're not the deepest team in the league, I think you might. I mean, after the off season that's just happened, you might beg to differ. But I think that honor might go to Atlanta, who's a team that I'm really intrigued in. They obviously gave up a couple of picks to get Dejounte Murray in the door. Uh, they've got Trey Young in the backcourt with him, so that's a pretty like good two-headed monster. It'll be interesting to see how they share the ball. But guys like DeAndre Hunter, Onyeke Okongwu, I reckon is going to take another step in his development as well. You got Bogdan Bojanovic. That's where Mo Harkless ended up as well, apparently. But I'm interested to see what happens a bit with John Collins as well. I don't know if they are capable of going back to the East Finals like they did a couple of years ago against the Bucks, And that's kind of why I'm intrigued to see what they've got because they bat pretty deep. They do have stars. But the John Collins piece, you know, he the trade rumors around him just won't go away. So maybe they mm. do try to, I don't know, ditch him because he's not the right fit or... Yeah, somehow turn him into another player or try and upgrade that position. But I don't exactly know who you would try and get in a trade. So I'm intrigued to see what they do on the court. But I'm also equally intrigued to see how that roster looks, you know, by the time we reach the playoffs. Will they pull the trigger on a move to try and complement their backcourt stars? Will Clint Capella maybe be on the move? He's someone who I think's, you know, probably deserves the title as like a top 10 center in the league. I think he's won the rebounding title not last year, the year before. So he's no scrub, but yeah, I'm intrigued for sure to see what Atlanta's capable of. Yeah, I definitely agree. I often forget that Deontay Murray's or DeJounte Murray, however you yeah. say it, is, is on this team. Um, I kind of, oh yeah, you know, they've got, still got Collins, still got Capella, but oh shit, actually they've got friggin' They've got De- DeJounte Murray. Like, he's looking. Yeah. He's a. Oh, was he an all star last year? Yeah. I close. think he was a replacement. Or maybe he was <laughs> the last bloke voted in. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, he was bloody impressive either way. I reckon a is going to sort of start to take real strides, which would be interesting with that John Collins point, like you were mm. saying. Um, yeah. They intrigue me. Trey Young's one of the more interesting players to watch in the league because he's well, he's Steph Curry pretty much, let's be honest. Um and that's <laughs> very similar. That's intriguing. So but he also does some like slightly weirder things than Curry. Yeah. He's like more herky jerky. Um so I do love watching him. Yeah, this I find them hard to watch the the Hawks just traditionally. Even when they Probably the only time I wouldn't have struggled to watch them was when they had Josh Smith, but I probably couldn't watch them then. I don't think we had league pass back then. Yeah, you know, like... it was back in the ancient days of, you know, tuning into box scores. Yeah, so I still struggle to watch them, but I am intrigued to see how that DeJounte Murray pairing goes. They just need something, one more player who's like electric, you know? Mm. They've got the steady, they've got the in weird in tray. You thought you used to think John Collins was an electric dunk. He was a bit boring. They just need that big friggin' Donnie Mitchell sort of Zach Levine rise up kind of player, and that they'll be money in the bank. I do wonder, and this is kind of linking back to the team that you were talking about. We when we did our bit of Pelicans chat last week, which doesn't seem like it was only a week ago. No, it was a fortnight. I think ago, it was two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's. You know, the Brandon Ingram 
CJ McCollum, Zion, pecking order is interesting. If they could find a third team to send John Collins to and they could somehow latch on to Brandon Ingram and get him into the mix, push DeAndre Hunter down to the four, that'd be a fucking exciting Atlanta Hawks team to watch. You're right. They are a bit bit of a tricky watch, but yeah, I'm still intrigued to see how they uh, go about their business. Definitely. Adding in another All-Stars is huge. Mm. So, All right. Who's uh, team number two? Ooh, I think team number two. Yeah, I'm gonna leave um the the best for last, literally the best probably. Um mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Detroit. And we've we've brought these guys up a little bit in their what did you even call it? The review the we did the division review, yeah. review. But I think they're gonna be better than we think. Um mm. they added some really intriguing players. Jaden Ivey, obviously interesting uh who else did they add kevin knox with a chance that's very interesting kemba's you know, there he showed, yeah he showed flashes Cade cunningham i think he's going to be every bit of the number one draft pick that he was billed to be i don't think he's gonna be like generational lebron style stuff but i think he could be like a 10-time all-star which is nothing to sneeze at true he's a triple double machine he's smooth Oh, Bagley. Yeah, I don't know if you just said that. Bagley's there as well. Really intriguing pieces that have never quite clicked in the NBA. Um, But I'm thinking next to these really talented young players with a coach like Dwayne Casey, who is still there. Is that right? Yep. Yep. It's almost surprising, but why would you fire a coach that good? You know? Um. Yeah, anyway, I'm just really intrigued to see how this mix goes. And they've got some, like, quirky players like Hamadou Diallo and, like, what's Killian Hayes' deal? Yeah. You know? You're right. That is a very interesting, eclectic group of characters. Sadiq Bay, you could throw into that as well. Kelly Olynyk. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see. And, you know, they got Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel in pretty much a salary dump from the Knicks. So, you know, other pros, I agree. I think they're going to be better than probably what we've expected from the Pistons in the past. Does that mean they're like 35 win territory? Maybe that's probably where they're floating around, but still it's a move in the right direction. Uh, Jaden Ivey, like you mentioned, is exciting. I'm equally excited to watch Jalen Duran, the other bloke that they got Mm -hmm. in the draft touted as one of, if not the best big man prospect. I know they've got good old beef stew, Isaiah Stewart clog on the lane, but, you know, if this Duran bloke shows a lot and all of a sudden he's, oh, I was going to say DeAndre Ayton, but I don't think he's going to be that good. But if he could be like a rim running lob threat and build quite a bit of chemistry with Cade and those other fast shifty guards they've got, then he might be, you know, we might have a big three on our hands. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Watching uh, watching that develop will be fun, I mm. think. Watching yep. the flashes. Yeah. I agree. And I think Cade is probably... He might not even be a sleeper, but he's a fantasy dude, like waiting to explode. So, oh yeah, good pounce yeah. on him. Uh, I don't know if there's as much excitement around the development going on in Orlando, but I wanted mm. to throw them a bone. I wanted to mention Orlando as one of the intriguing teams because they've got to get better sooner or later, right? And I think rolling into this season, we might see Franz Wagner or Paolo Bencaro instantly become their best player there's not a lot to get excited about for magic fans and i feel like this little uh dip into the orlando magic will be quick but a starting lineup of faults jalen suggs 
Wagner, Bancaro, and then Wendell Carter Jr. They're all young. There's plenty of concerns around the group, but I'm excited to see just what they produce. It'll probably be 12 wins. But if one of them pops, you know, it might just accelerate their timeline. Everyone's been raving about how France was playing over in Eurobasket. I can't remember if it was Luca or Giannis. It might have been Luca, but someone was just saying like, oh, yeah, that dude's like ready to be like a star. He's he's like all-star talent. So who knows? Maybe he'll come out. He kind of surprised a little bit in his rookie year. Maybe he'll come close to averaging 20 points. Maybe Ben Caro will do the same and make a run at rookie of the year because Orlando needs something to build around. And if you get to, I don't know, all-star break and neither of them look like a franchise guy, Orlando might be like, well, fuck, we've got nothing because the cupboard is pretty, pretty bare outside of those dudes. Cole Anthony had his moments last year as well. And you still got dudes like Gary Harris, uh, Terrence Ross is there who that still surprises me. I'm surprised that someone hasn't pounced on him, but Mm. probably for, all the wrong reasons. Uh, I'm excited. I'm intrigued rather to watch the Orlando magic and by watch, I mean, observe from afar and probably not put on league pass too often. Yeah. You just know it's going to be a really tough watch. Like you at least trust Dwayne Casey to get the Pistons playing some form of half decent basketball. Whereas I'm not so sure with the magic. Um, Yeah. They're big. They're big. They're young. They it's about all they got going for. No, nah, well, uh, and you know, like I, it feels like they would be hesitant to win too much mm. with Webinyana on the horizon. If you can put him next to Paolo and Wendell and France, and in fact, they'll start to get too big. But um, that kind of feels like you might as well. What's one more year? if you're the, the magic. But with that said, number one draft pick automatically makes you pretty interesting. And I've been talking, uh, listening to a lot of people talk about, a lot of players talk about, oh, who, who's the best player in the draft? And they're all like, oh, Paolo, easy. Like, it's not even close. Like, the especially the players who watched him at Summer League were saying like, yeah, he is like dominating. Like, it's not yeah. even a competition. So pretty intriguing to see him. That's all I can say. I've, and now the other half of the, the listeners can tune back in. Welcome back guys. Yeah. We're moving past the magic. We've got through the Detroit Orlando doldrums. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Take us home. Who's the team number three that you're intrigued to uh, observe next year? Well, Teameth number McThreeneth is uh, for me, it's the the Clippers, potential number one uh, seeding out west. I think it probably if you look at the odds, they might be the number one seed right now, number one sports bet option. Um, but yeah, if they can get it going and get healthy, I think they're going to be hyper intriguing because we were talking about deepest team in the league. I think this is it. Well, yeah, it could I be. Think they've got. Yeah, I think they've got the most unique, like obviously the most unique what is it, backcourt? Well, defensive wing pairing, defensive like juggernauts, absolute dominant scorers. They've got good backups. They've got maybe a bit thin at the big, but 
because they lost Hartenstein, didn't they? He's a yeah, he's a Nick. He's yeah. gone to New York, yeah. Yeah, but I like Brandon Boston Jr. I just think they've got it. I think they've got enough to really compete out there. It's going to be so good to watch them beat up on Devin Booker. Like, Devin Booker, <laughs> he's going to get found out against these two, like, superstar wing defenders. Um, it's going to be amazing to just have Kawhi back in the NBA. Like, I think we've missed it's him been a, a while. Bit. We've kind of, oh, yeah. And we've all forgotten how dominant this man was. Like, he was very. After that championship in Toronto, I was like, he could be on track for like a top 10 NBA career with all his defensive player of the years. If he snagged one or two MVPs instead of doing his knee, you're like, shit, that's like, that's a goat level kind of career. So yeah, absolutely. Getting him back and sort of watching them other than the Nuggets terrorize the West will be really enjoyable for me. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with uh, a lot of what you said. Right now, they are equal with the Golden State Warriors for the best odds in the West. Yep. Uh, speaking of odds and Kawhi and MVPs, 21 to 1. Your boys just had a little splash on that in the offseason, best believe. So I reckon if the Clippers are right up there and they are the number one seed or are pushing towards it and Kawhi plays his let's call it 67 plus games, he'll be squarely in the mix to win the award. What's the so. over under on 67 games from Kawhi though? <sighs> yeah, that's what I was trying to think. I was going to say 70 and I was like, I'd take the under. I think it's been a while since he's probably played 70. Yeah, I think I would too, but that doesn't bode well for uh, people like myself and other future uh, NBA, MVP enthusiasts. Uh, I'll be quick with my final team. Same division. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what happens with the Sacramento Kings. Now, I know Me that too. they copped a lot of shit for the DeMontis Sabonis and Tyrese Halliburton deal, but they got uh, back DeMontis Sabonis. Like, yeah. I think that I can understand why, and I was one of the first people to do it as well. Everyone just threw shit on the Kings, and they were like, good one. They've ditched like another potential franchise player. But <laughs> Sabonis is like a dual all-star and could be the perfect running mate with De'Aaron Fox. They got good old off night, Davion Mitchell in the backcourt as well. Love Signed a lot man. of shooters as well. Kevin Huerta and Malik Munker amongst it. Keegan Murray, the bloke who was the fourth overall pick, uh, was lighting it up in summer league. So all of a sudden I'm like, oh, are the Kings actually, are we sleeping a bit on Sacramento? Are they going to, you know, God forbid, be in the play-in mix? Could they be that good? I don't know. I'll have to wait and see, but, I do like how they complimented De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. They've got like your lockdown defender type in Mitchell. They got the shooters now. They got another scoring forward in Keegan Murray. Harrison Barnes is kind of expendable and he's going into the last year of his deal anyway. But Rashawn Holmes is another good player as well. I think uh, you've had him in fantasy a couple of times the last few years and he goes, he's pretty underrated. So pretty good. if he's yeah. their backup center behind Sabonis, then that's a good thing for them. Uh, and of course... Delhi's on the Kings, so how could I not be excited by watching Sacramento? Yeah, I'm I fully on board with this pick. I think um not this year, not this season coming, but the one after. Kind of feel like they might do what the the Grizzlies did last season. Mm. Just sort of jump up and just be people are like, holy moly, like it probably would take a 
Yeah, it would, and it would be different. It would be, I don't know. I was going to say like not the job rising and that, but by committee. But actually, that's kind of what the Grizzlies did this season. So I'm excited to watch them piece piece it together. They've got literally the best nickname in the NBA in off night Mitchell. Like, yeah, that is that's like I think that I'd put that right up there with the greatest of all time nicknames. Honestly, it's a pretty so, good nickname. It's so sick. So yeah, can't wait to see what he does with you know another year under his belt. Um, and yeah, I, I I agree. I think they're going to be awesome. I think the Sabonis pickup or trade, I think you'd do it. Like honestly, if it was there, you'd do it. If someone offered you that, you you would have taken it at the time. So mm. um, just let that settle in, let it roll. Have a bit of faith and a bit of patience, Sacto. I know it's hard to say that after <laughs> nearly like two decades of no playoffs, but I think this is the group and I'm excited to see them grow into that. Yeah. Hopefully. Make Don't no lose mistake. Darren Fox. Yeah. Make no mistake. I could see them quite easily going 38 and 44 again. Like it's very possible, Bloody but. Yeah, I actually have a bit of optimism around the roster, uh, which is something that I'm not used to saying. So, yeah, yeah. All right, next week I reckon yeah we'll check in with a little bit of over under action, but we buried the lead. Let's talk about football. Uh, do you watch the Brownlow count? Oh, I oh, a bit on and off, but I watched the important parts. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Uh, I don't want to say one of the best, but it was right up there. It was a really good count. Uh, really it might have been one of the best. I uh, just before it started, put a bet on for a tie and then Ooh. was inches away from that coming through. Put on uh, yeah. money for what you call the boxed four, like predicting who's going to finish at the top four and got that right. But I had money on Clayton Oliver from the start of the season and took halfway through. And you may recall about five weeks or so ago, a young Frosty said, mark my words, Round 23 will be the round where Tuke Miller goes out there, dominates, and gets the votes to win the Brownlow. And as we headed to round 23, I was like, I nearly called you. I was like, it's going to fucking happen. Here we go. But he missed out on the votes, and Paddy Cripps won the medal. Deserving winner and spoke like a champ as well. Um, yeah, what do you reckon? You got any takeaways? It was it was probably like the the best last round. I reckon mm. I've seen there was because it was so much that could have gone anyway. Like every game with all four or five of them, you're like, oh, 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 oh. And yeah, like, no one was getting Clayton. Yeah. yeah, no one was getting him. And then I actually forgot Cripsy had had such a good game in that last one. Like I thought, oh, they lost. Like, nah, no way. But then came through and got the big three. And yeah, you're right. He he did speak well. Pretty deserving. Mm. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I'm the most surprised that that Bont hasn't won one. I don't know. He feels like he's won one. So he would be honestly. He got one though. Yeah, right now I think he would be my pick to win it next year, especially with the potential Josh Dunkley exit. Mm. Yep. I mean, that might mean he gets more attention from opposing mids, but yeah, I reckon the Bont is prime because Cripp is one of those dudes that. For years, people have been like, oh, he'll win a Brownlow one day. But now he's actually won one. And people yep. have been saying a similar thing about Bont. You haven't really heard lots of people say it about 
Clayton Oliver, Took Miller, you know, those type of dudes, Callum Mills. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, watch this space. Uh, you ready for your useless Sports by Fry stat? Oh, been waiting for two weeks, mate. True or false? Nat Five polled a Brownlow vote. Oh, yeah. Yeah. False. He got uh, zero votes. True right. or false? That's the, the first time in his career that he's gone a season without a Brownlow vote. Oh, I'm going to say true because it sounds like that's the fact. <laughs> You're bloody clever, mate. Yeah. So <laughs> 2022 is the first time in his entire career that he hasn't polled a vote in a season. Even in his rookie year, he snagged five right. votes and then it was double digit for a string of years there. But that baffled me when I heard that. Not that he didn't get a yeah. vote this year. I mean, he played, what, four or five games. But yeah. Yeah. Fife, uh still a, an all-time Dockers great. Uh, before we talk about grand final and the prelims that just were, if you uh, cast your eyes over the most recent Sportsby piece I dropped about the Dockers? No. Oh, how, how long, long ago was this? Um, what day are we now? Tuesday? Yesterday? Oh, no. Nah, no. Nah. So it was just kind of me writing about how important this off-season is for Fremantle because you've got all that of a sudden good. six blokes-ish that want out. Yeah. Uh, some of them contracted for 2023, some who are not. And it kind of got me thinking this might be like the most important off-season in Docker's history. I know it might be a bit of a hyperbole, but Logue, I can see why he wants to go. I reckon he'll be great if he does go to North Melbourne and become an elite defender. Uh, Rory Lobb, he's made his, uh, what's the word, intentions pretty clear. But then Darcy Tucker and Lloyd Meek and Blake Akers and potentially Liam Henry now as well, like all these other dudes that want out, I'm like, oh, what's going on? Do you boys not want to be on this bandwagon? So, yeah, I think it's a very, very interesting offseason coming up for the Frio Dockers. They've got me, obviously got a pretty weak draft hand going into it. they got their first rounder and they've got to try and bring in Luke Jackson, uh, Jeremy Sharp, the Gold Coast young dude. He said he might want to come back to WA, so... They might make a play at him. I think the Coasters will do the same thing. But all of a sudden, after a like really successful on-field season, Frio's got like their backs against the wall and they have to nail this. Whether they get players in, whether they get extra picks in, I'll be very intrigued to see if we look back three years from now and we're like, oh, shit. Like, that was when Fremantle kind of dropped their bundle again and did a Frio. Yeah, honestly, I couldn't agree more, mate. Like, it's really surprised me. It surprised me that so many crew want out. I kind of get the Griffin yeah, thing. I kind of get that. Roy Lobb's not going anywhere by the sound of things, but I kind of get that. Darcy Tucker, whatever, you're not playing much. But there's a few crew in there that I'm like, oh, I can't believe that. Uh, I think the big one to lose would be Blake Akers. Mm. Um, I think you can sort of find enough growth from the young crew to replace Griffin Lowe. Um, but losing Blake Akers is going to suck because it is going to happen, right? Like, yeah, there's not much they can do about that. So that's shitty, especially shitty because it's probably because it's probably happening because they want to save money for Luke Jackson, which I don't personally feel like is the right decision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think he's worth 
what he's getting going to get paid. So um, it's it's a it's a lot. It's a great test for Peter Bell. Luckily, the crew you're losing are central cogs. It's not your sarongs or your fucking brayshaws. You're losing Monday though. That hurts. Yeah, I know. That was, I think, like one of the first sentences I wrote. I was like, we're all aware that 376 games of experience are about to depart this side, but... Yeah, fuck. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot. Uh, it's it's a it's really It sucks. I don't, I don't get it. What the fuck's wrong with these people? I don't know. What's wrong with kids, man? And I mean, the Blake Akers one as well, Like, it seems like he's chasing a bit of a payday because, like you said, they want to yeah. use a bit more dough on the Luke Jackson one, but Fuck it. Let Luke Jackson go to West Coast if that's like he's demanding X number of dollars. It seems like Frio just put their eggs in this basket way too early. And now it's kind of hamstrung them with the the way that they're going to pay a few blokes. And like you said, I mean, the Acres one hurts, but they've got options. I wouldn't be honestly surprised if Darcy Tucker stayed on the roster or they try to convince him to stay and push for that wing role and be like, look, there's now an opening... Like if you want to stay, you're contracted for next year, um, especially with North Melbourne potentially chasing Hunter Clark. I'm like, well, where's Tucker yeah. going to fit into this scenario? But yeah, it was a bummer over the, the last, oh, what is it? Let's call it 10 days to see like Rory Lobb wants out and Blake Akers and Lloyd Meek. And like most of them I can understand and it's all part of the cycle of a football club. And there are youngsters on the list who still push and mm. make the selections squeeze tighter. And they've obviously, they're going to get some compensation for all these dudes leaving and that'll help. But if they, like I said, drop the bag or they fuck up these potential picks or the players they invest in, it could just see them take one step forward and two steps backwards after a pretty successful on-field year. So, and Peter Bell himself has uh, said he's, you know, not totally against the idea of going back to, North Melbourne. I don't think they're heavily pursuing him anymore, but oh, a week or God. two ago, that was the rumor that was going around. So I'm like, fuck me. We'd have like one good story for the Dockers, one good season. They're like, no, no, no. Just remember, these are yeah, the Fremantle bump. Dockers. Just, oh, just bump the brakes, boys. That would be. Yeah. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope yeah. it doesn't happen. Yeah. Watch this fucking space, though. All right, let's talk about some successful sides. Uh, did you yeah. tune into both of the prelims or were you too busy uh, chewing down some vino? Yeah, I think I missed them both from memory. Um, was, I think I like landed and I don't know. Actually, you know what? It's a good question. I can't <laughs> Where am I? What. I honestly, I don't really know. But um, like I know that the Collingwood game was off chops um well no it was are, uh not melbourne the lions are dog shit yeah. so <clears throat> i mean i Who watched mean? all of the friday night game it, there's not a lot to take away from that danger's first quarter looked like vintage vintage patrick dangerfield but i'm also like mm, that kind of was like his big game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he's going to replicate that in the grandy. I know that he'll still be danger and he'll probably still have 25 touches, but I don't think he's going to push for like Norm Smith honors. I could be wrong and he could burst out of the gates and part of me kind of wants to see him win a flag, but yeah, they oh. chopped him all over the place. Like Brisbane were butchering the footy and making lives hard for themselves, but 
it was partially because of the way that Geelong were playing as well. So okay. the Sydney Collingwood game, it, it was a bit of a banger, but I thought there were other finals that were better. It was just another Collingwood fourth quarter comeback that mm. if there was probably two more minutes in the game, it felt like they were going to overrun Sydney and they had a few chances late as well, but credit to the Swans. I, it sounded almost like it was being played at like a neutral ground as well. Like the Sydney fans really? were local whenever they did something good, but yeah, the Collingwood boys were making noise. So part of me, it is a little part of me kind of wanted to see the pies get up to keep that fairy tale going. But you know, deep down, I don't know if I love Collingwood like any true blooded Australian. So yeah, I'm not too unhappy to see Sydney Geelong in the grandy. Are these the best two teams of the season? Do you reckon? Nah, no way. Yeah. Okay. I think someone Geelong else, is. Geelong, I reckon. Yeah. But not the yeah. Swans. You know, I've been off the Swans all year. So true. like I said, when Geelong beats them on the weekend, I'm going to be like, I fucking told you so. I told everyone. But um, it's starting to scare me. So maybe they are. They're, they're, I, I think they're almost like the most um, versatile team in the sense that they can change a game plan to out. They can out game plan almost all the other sides. Um, the one exception is potentially Geelong. So we'll yeah, see how okay. it goes. I would definitely be tipping all over Geelong because I think they have been the best side this year, but. John Longmire, man, he's a bloody good coach. Well, that's what my next follow-up was going to be. If it's not the best two teams playing each other, have we got the best two coaches going up against each other? Nah, I wouldn't put Scotty in the same combo as Longmire. Uh, I would have Dimmer in there. I'd put Scotty Uh, right up there, though. I don't know. I just think he's always had really good lists. Like their list management's mm. phenomenal. I, I don't know if I would rate him. He, uh, look, he probably is. Um, but I, for mine, Longmire's the best, and then then probably Dimmer, and then Dimmer's right up there too. Space Craig McRae is fucking good though. <laughs> I gotta give him credit. He's really yeah. Well, good. he just won the bloody what do you call it? Coach of the Year honors for twenty twenty two. No surprise really after what they've done. Um, all right, give me a tip, a margin, and a Norm Smith medal winner. All right, I'll go. Um, I think the Cats get up. Yep. I don't think Sydney can handle the back, uh, the Cats forward line. Let's be honest, that's huge. Like, so, what matchups on... will we get? We'll get bloody the McCartan boys against Cameron and Hawkins. Yeah, I mean, good luck, boys, really. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, who I'm trying to I'm blank. Oh, you got Dane Rampy down there. Maybe he floats onto like a Gary Rowan or something. I'm yeah. trying to think what other matchups there might be. Lloyd doesn't probably doesn't go to Stengel, right? I don't know who uh, goes to Stengel. Rampy probably goes to Stengel. I'd probably send Rampy to Stengel. Yeah, I probably would too. But he's all anyway. But um, yeah, I'll take the cats, <laughs> and I think um, oh boy, that's tough. I'm sort of thinking like Duncan or Guthrie, but maybe Ooh. actually, maybe the Tomahawk. Oh yeah, Be gets nice off the chain. Yeah, or or Cameron. They're they're the three, the four that jump to mind. So yeah, okay. Yeah. What do you, what do you reckon uh, margin wise? Do you reckon Geelong are going to waltz to it? 
Oh, tw- oh, you know, 19 points. Yep. Okay. There you go. Well, I uh, have written down here that I think it's Geelong's flag to lose. I agree mm-hmm. that they're the better side. They've probably been the best side all year. But they've definitely been the best side for the second half of the season. Yeah. Um, they've shown that in the finals as well, even though they only just pipped Collingwood. They then like flex their muscle hard on Brisbane. But I think yeah. the Sydney deserves like credit to you know take Geelong right up to it. I could see them going three quarters with the Cats. It might be the first third and fourth quarter. It might be the first three. It might be the last three. But I still think that Geelong's a better team. So there'll be one of the quarters where they just kind of blow them out of the water. Might only be by a couple of goals. And I think Geelong will win by 17. Uh, I got me Norm Smith down potentially. I was going to go Izzy Smith, but I think after watching him in the um, prelim, he didn't look sharp the same Isaac Smith that we've seen in the past. So I went with Cam Guthrie. Yeah. But if the Swans get up, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Errol Goulden as a bit of a smoky to potentially win it. You'll have your Luke Parker and Callum Mills doing their thing, but I'll be very intrigued to see what uh, Big Goulden could do on the big stage. And I might just have a little cheeky splash on him for the first snag of the day, to be honest. Mate, have a cheeky splash on Buddy Franklin for Norm Smith, mate. Oh, that would be good. That would be good. That's did you see, um, see. Did you see the thing that he and the Swans released the other day? The like media release? No. So <laughs> don't think so. Very like MJ style. It was just Sydney Swans header, the text, and then in uh quotation marks he just wrote one more. So I read yeah. that and I'm like, Buddy's playing one more game and he's retiring. He's like done after the oh. grandy. But okay. it was that he signed on for one more season with the Swans. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. poxy. That would have been sick if he had of like the week the grand finals on. Be like, yep, this is it. Like, I'm retiring at the end of this game, no matter what. He but, should. <sighs> I think he should too, to be honest. But let's yeah. be honest. If he can make money and his body's still fit and firing, and he's yeah, he he's chased down Gary Ablett senior goals wise, right? I'm pretty sure so. he did. I'll, I'll get onto it, but um, yeah, if he can still, you know, enhance his legacy and who knows, maybe if that win loss or draw, they're able to have another crack at it next year. Then yeah, I can see why he'd want to like ring the cloth for all of it's worth, but yeah. I kind of yeah. wanted it to be, yep. One more game. And then I'm curtains. Norm Smith finish at the very, very top. Yep. You know uh, how I feel about that. So what if Joel Selwood gets a dub? As the skipper, he's got three hundred and fifty something games under his belt. Do you reckon there's any potential chance that he hangs him up? Yeah, there's a chance. Uh, Probably a okay. bit the same though, don't you reckon? Like, if yeah. you can keep going, especially like, given the way that they're looking, you know. They're poised to probably have another serious tilt at it next year. Let's be honest. Yeah, and the way the rest of the comp looks is probably more accurate. You know, mm. Geelong looks like they always bloody look, but the rest of the comp looks a bit flat at the moment, if I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I reckon... I don't think that they're... Like, they were the best team this year, but I don't think that, that they're that far ahead of everyone else, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, other, Melbourne would have the hot start, but not convinced. Mm. Doggies, no go. Brisbane, yeah, no, I think we've sold no all go. our fucking bulldog stock. You boys bit off Geelong, quite a bit off, I would say. Yeah. Um, the Swans, I don't think they're as good as... I, I don't know. I reckon it's just it, the AFL seems a bit flat right now. I don't know what it is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that seems stupid to say, but it it feels flatter than most years. Like, there's been like big contenders for most of our like lives, I think, you know, and like warring at the top. Whereas now you just like, no, no. Well, it's probably just because we're at one of those points, right? You had your Hawthorne dynasty and then there was like a year or two. You had your Richmond dynasty and now we might be in that year or two. So we might, maybe. But maybe we're seeing a Geelong one. Maybe we'll see a Sydney one. Maybe, yep. Yep. I don't know, the D's will bounce back quickly next year and we'll see a Melbourne one. But yeah, I I yep. do get what you're saying because usually you have like, oh, well, fuck, who's going to keep up with the 06 West Coast Eagles and the, it's the mm. Sydney Swans and those two just went at it. But yep. yeah, I get. I think that flat might not be the right word, but because it's so open and there's so many decent teams it feels like there's no like true contenders if that makes sense right at the top mm. i wouldn't be surprised yeah. though you've been obviously we have had differing opinions on the swans and the tigers but i wouldn't be shocked if richmond like bounced right back up and were in the thick of it especially if they land toronto and hopper uh in the off season that'd be huge for them give up a bit of draft yeah. capital whatever Koch and a rewild probably go one more round um yeah i expect them to be in the mix too yeah, and the Swans will contend for years to come. They've got the youth. Um, yeah. I just, I'm not buying them this year, but um, Swans, you boys, and yeah, maybe the Tigers with a few big signings, and then we get the Ds coming back up. Then all of a sudden, it doesn't feel flat. It feels like there's four or five genuine contenders. But yeah, this the contenders just fell flat this year. I thought Brisbane were a huge shot, fell flat. So did I, Obviously, yeah. the Doggies, um, Melbourne would felt. Didn't they go straight at set exit? Mm -hmm. What the fuck, you know? <laughs> and even remember when they had that, uh, who was it? I think they lost to Frio, then Sydney, and, and the maybe it was three in a row. Maybe it was Collingwood after that. Maybe anyway. they won and then lost again, I think. Yeah, and, and we were like halfway through the season, like, oh, is their little form slump? Does that mean anything? And we're like, well, probably not, because I still view them daylight ahead of everyone. But it turns out it, it meant something, so... Yep. They'll lick their wounds. They'll come back stronger. Same with the Tigs. Same with all the boys at the dock. Oh, no, about half of them are leaving. So we'll have to wait <laughs> yeah. and see. All right. Um, yeah, good luck to the Cats and the Swans. Uh, I think I kind of want to see Sydney win more. But like I said, I would not mind seeing Patrick Dangerfield win a flag before he bows out because he fucking can't have long left either. Yeah. No, I, I want to see the Cats win for and Danger get one, but he's had one, you know, let Danger win yep. one. Fair point. That, that's right. pretty much, do I want Danger or Buddy? Yeah. Can you remember the topic that we covered on the last Mount Rushmore? Yeah, it was um, worse blokes, wasn't it? Yeah, the villains. Well done. Yep. Yeah. Just had to, uh, yeah. have to double check. Uh, I took out nearly 80% of the votes, let's just say. Fair so, enough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Barry Hall one I think definitely got me over the line uh, and yeah, in keeping huge. with grand final theme and I think you might have even suggested this the last time we hit the uh, 
hit the airwaves, we should do something grand final orientated. So we're doing the greatest AFL moments or highlights, however you couple it. So there's been some big ones. Uh, and a lot of them, as I was kind of compiling my draft board, I was like, oh, shit, that was recent. Oh, that was recent too. Oh, yeah, so mm. was that one. So we've been treated to some pretty epic moments in grand finals recently. But uh, courtesy of a previous dub, I'm now leading 10 to 6 in the head-to-head, which is still Fair pretty enough. solid. Uh, yeah. And you got a chance to go uh, victory number seven here with your first pick. You are going to select which AFL grand final highlight slash moment. It's pretty obvious, I think, this one. Yeah, I, d- I didn't even write it down because I didn't think it'd be on the board. No, it's not going to be on the board. I'll take Dom Sheet. And it's one of those things you're like, well, it's actually the whole play mm. leading up to it is amazing. So I feel like we kind of allowed, the li- we're allowed that sort of. I agree. Yep. A little bit of leeway in that sense. But yeah, it's got to be Dom Sheed. Jeremy McGovern leaves fucking Dugowie, takes a mark. Vardy takes a probably is the best, does the best thing he's ever done in an AFL yep. game. Liam flying Ryan does a flying Ryan thing, plays on, Dom Sheed slots it. Classic bit of like commentary, classic reaction. The most clutch moment ever in an AFL grand final. So I'll take uh, Dom for the West Coast win. Let's go. That's a good one. There was no other number one pick in my eyes. There was a couple that pipped Dom Sheed's number one on some lists that I quickly cast my eyes over. But you can't go past like a game winning goal from like where he kicked it, the whole context of the game. It no. genuinely felt a bit like West Coast versus the world as well. Like, cause yeah. it was at the G there was, you know, thousands of Collingwood fans. There were shitloads of West Coast fans there too. But yeah, anyway, I digress. Great pick. Um, so you've gone with a highlight that celebrates a West Coast flag. Unfortunately, with my first pick, I'm going to be taking a highlight that uh, stopped a West Coast flag. Now, Full disclosure, Sheed probably played on. Rioli might have got away with a block. Ashley Sampy was definitely held in this marking Ashley contest. Ashley was held. But Leo Barry's that man's mark. life. <laughs> yeah, genuinely, hey. Leo Barry's mark in 2005 uh, is my first pick. Yep. Epic highlight. Breaks the drought for the Swans. And was the it wasn't the start of an unreal rivalry because you boys had some like big regular season games. And I think you might have even played previously in the finals from memory or like yeah. later in the year. But that 05, 06 Sydney West Coast rivalry was elite. And I think from the that rivalry, this may have been the best highlight of all. So yeah, Leo Barry's mark is my uh my one. Yeah, breaking like wasn't it eighty one years? Seventy two yeah. from memory, but who's oh, getting seventy two? Like either way. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that probably honestly has a, a case for number one in yeah, my mind. That was potentially that was unbelievable. And now it gets a little trickier. Now it gets a little trickier. It does. Um I feel like I've got a clear top six or seven here. So I'm just gonna keep rolling down the list because mm. Oh, you know what? Nah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my favorite one. I'm gonna go. Yeah, with my okay. I don't don't want it to slip through, and also it's a bit more of an even list than the Kobe one. So, 
let me paint you a picture. <laughs> and in fact, I know, I know where you and I were. We were sitting in Osborne Park at uh, Mr. Kuno's house. We were sitting on the couch. You were about to take off to uni games, and uh, bit of a flat, bit of a flat granny at this point. Honestly, all of Couldn't a sudden, tell you the margin. Back pocket, thirty meters out. Lewis Jetta gets the ball. Lewis Jetta takes off. Oh, who's that behind him? It's Cyril fucking Rioli. And those two prog progressed, proceeded to uh, run 120 meters down the the field uh, in one of the most exhilarating moments of AFL football that <laughs> I've ever seen. It's probably my favorite highlight of all time, <laughs> other than Dom Sheed. Uh, so Louis versus Cyril. The commentary was unreal. Yeah, Bruce loved it. I think Kometi was gone. And Lewis, sorry, Cyril, Lewis got you. So that's going to be my number two. It's pretty high, I think. But it was, I think everyone remembers like that. And everyone remembers that Cyril pushed him at the end. And yeah, that's my I favorite will, highlight of AFL ever. <laughs> I will until the day I die. Never forget. Lewis taken off and Cyril chasing him. And like almost before the commentators even caught on, you just stand up <laughs> and just start like screaming at the top of your lungs with excitement. Uh, and to be honest, I put it at number three on my board just so that I knew it was sitting up there high. I probably yeah. wasn't going to take it next, but I was like, okay. I kind of want to snag this one from JLo. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not yeah. surprised that you went early on it. Uh, yeah, epic, epic highlight. Like uh, Dennis said, Jetta took the gold, but that is that was, yeah, a cool highlight. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you've put me in an interesting position because if you didn't go that, I kind of had an idea of how my next few picks would unfold. And I do wonder... I don't want to get too fancy and try and sneak one through and, you know, mm. potentially miss building a good draft board. But another somewhat drought-breaking premiership moment uh, mm. against the Swans rather than for the Swans is Tom Boyd's goal from the centre-ish square. Let's call it the centre square. Yeah. Uh, maybe on par was BT's fuck call, but... Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was that was like you kick that goal. You're like, All right, you know, now the game's over. Uh, that was the sealer. Yeah. I think from memory, it put him up sixteen, something of the sorts. Dale Morris had like a huge chase down on Buddy before or Smother maybe. But yeah, Tom Boyd's goal will be my second pick. That's what I would have taken. That's what I was going to take number two, but I couldn't lose Louis versus uh, Cyril. Um, Okay, it really does get tricky now. Um, I think I'm going to go with one of those like. Nah, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. You've got a game saving play. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get a game saving play. Although I'm pretty sure it was pretty early in the game, but Heath Shaw's Nick Rewalt rundown was like. That's an AFL grand final effort exemplified. Like, yeah. I reckon almost anyone else would have just gone, oh, there's a goal. 
Okay. Like I'm, tw- he was like fucking Turn 15 around. meters behind him, mate. Like that was an unspoilable ball. And all of a sudden he's done it. And that, that pretty much I felt like set the tone for that whole, cause I'm pretty sure that was the, yeah, that was the replay, the replay that just set the tone. So um, I'm going to go Heath Shaw. The smarter. Yeah, that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> That'll do. That was uh, sixth on my board. Okay. Uh, I would have taken it if you had have taken the one ahead of it, but I will now draft that said highlight. Uh, it's an epic highlight. It's a, it's actually, let me rephrase it. It's an epic moment. It's, it can kind of get lost a little bit in the shuffle, uh, but it's obviously one that you and I will know. And a lot of footy fans who watched will know, but Maddie Scarlett's toe poke. That was it. That was, that was two. I was trying yeah, to start in 2009. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was the one I considered with me last pick. Cause that yeah. same deal set up a game clinching goal. Like Gaz gets it, kicks it to Chappie game over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like just the very like quick thinking, just not doop, just tap it with your foot, jump up. Yeah. Like who thinks to do that in that moment with like such a tight game, the premiership like semi on the line. Uh, so Matty Scarlett's toe poke will be my third selection. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Fuck. Now I think that's my top one, two, three, four, five, six are gone. The top six are gone. Oh God. It's really hard. I'm going to stay modern because mm-hmm. I think going too far back is risky. And man, do you, you know, like, do you go like game winners or oh, I really want to take, I'm going to go brand, uh, Brennan Goddard's Mark. Oh, um, Good one. Because actually, I will. I will ask. Can we take the drawn granny? That doesn't. That's like not a moment, is it? It's like kind of. Yeah, I wouldn't say that so. That feels cheap to me. If so, if you do that, you're a cunt. Um, no, I'm not gonna. I see similar deal. One of the ones that I had in like my honourable mentions was Darren Jarman's last quarter when he kicked yeah. five in '97. But I'm like, that's not a. It's not a moment. It was like it's a feels quarter. wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not yeah, a highlight. I'll take. Yeah, I'll take Goddard's mark in the drawn granny. It's like an iconic photo. Put him up. Didn't get him over the line, but um, I, I really felt like the game was kind of getting away from the Saints at that point. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of jags that to put them up. Um, you could almost put the Stephen Milne missed bounce, bounce yep. as the moment. But I think I'll take the Goddard mark um, forsaking... Yeah, a couple of good ones, but I feel like that's actually the best highlight. Um, so I'm excited to see if you've got any that I didn't think of. I was thinking about this for a while, like I thought about it during the week because I thought we might do it. So yeah, I I'm now torn because there's <clears throat> two ways that I can go. A uh, quick couple honourable mentions: that same uh, Cyril Lewis grand final, Nick Malcheski's goal, similar yep. vibes to Tom Boyd, like that sealed the deal. Uh, Daniel Chick's mother and Hunter's goal. That was. That, I pretty... nearly took that. Yeah, I nearly took that. Was, that was that's a moment. Um, Marlon Pickett kicking the goal in 2017. That was like, I was having a look earlier. 
seven minute mark of the third quarter, but you're like, he mm. kicked it. And I'm like, that's the clincher. They were up by like 50 points at that point. Yeah. Um. So that's epic. But the two that I'm tossing up between, and I think I already know which one I'm going to go, but Wayne Harms like diving to keep the ball alive. Yeah. In I 79. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but yeah, similar deal. I'm like, I just don't think I want to take a highlight from 1979. I mean, I can't really comment on the game, even though everyone says it was epic and that was like the match-winning play. And it's an iconic play, don't get me wrong. Um, mm. Pretty sure Jezelenko's use... mark was in a final in the game. Yeah, another uh, useless bit of trivia. That was uh, part of the first Norm Smith winning performance by Wayne Harms. He won the first ever Norm Smith medal in that game. Oh. Yeah. Um, that's worth that's a that's a quiz night question. Yeah. yeah I'm full of useless shit like that. Uh Acker's goal as well for Brisbane yeah. to put them up. That was cool. Um and let's let's not be mistaken. There's so many epic highlights we could have chosen, but this one I don't think is cheating. Uh it's the whole Michael Voss versus Scott Burns 2002 scenario so burns the boss bump yeah burns he tries to like cream him and then voss he just kicks the snack and then fucking yeah. tells him what's what uh that that's prompt that'll be my last pick yeah i think i'm gonna go with the okay. bossy bossy v scott burns uh because that was like someone does that to you in the grand final and i can't remember exactly like the context of the game but you just say oh fuck like i just got kind of emasculated in front of <laughs> 95 plus at the G. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're getting yeah. over the line today, boys. No, that's a good one. It's another one of those sort of t- tone setters. Mm. Yeah. The other one I had was, um, I just wrote Stuart Q. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, probably cameo. more similar to the, um, Jarman situation doesn't count, but, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one to compile. It's not as like plentiful as the Kobe one. Um, mm. probably speaks to like that hot, the clear kind of top couple, and then yeah, it, but it's interesting that, um, you know, little things like a toe poke from Maddie Scarlett can be one of those all time moments. It's it's something listen out for kids, yeah, kids. If you're listening, it's it's you never give up, so little things, he sure there's a there's a lesson in that one percenters win flags. Facts, mate. Facts. We could have used a few more a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's sad. Stop, stop. Nah, still not touching on that. <laughs> now, nah, for the for the people uh, playing along at home, the Sharks uh, made their first ever grand final this year. An amazing achievement. Just uh, finished second on the day, as they say. Yeah. Say lovey. Uh some may call us the Sydney Swans because apparently, according to everyone, they're finishing second on Saturday. So I guess we'll yeah. have to wait and see if they do pull off an upset. Um, I don't know if we'll be back on Tuesday or Wednesday next week, but I don't think there's any copious amounts of wine that need to be drunk or any other plans that we have. So maybe it might be another another sports be pod. Maybe let's. Let's not count a yeah. Let's just pump the brakes a bit here, just in case. Uh, yeah, possible. by that time, I'm sure there'll be five Fremantle players uh, added onto the list that want out. But hopefully, we've still got some contracted to field a team of 22 next season. 
Good luck, mate. Good luck with that. All right. Uh, good luck to the Swannies. Good luck to Dangerfield. And uh, make sure you vote for the Mount Rushmore. And we'll do this again in the near future, Taylor.